Okay, we're going to change topics here. Um, so we're going to shift towards uh, the discussion of... Um, oh, you know what? I don't have my recording. We're going to shift towards me getting a microphone. Okay, that's a little bit better. <clears throat> you can hear my froggy throat better now. Um, uh, we're going to shift towards the person and the work of, of Jesus. We've, we've, some of this we've covered, so it might sound a little familiar, but we did so very briefly as we talked about the deity of Christ, and that's kind of what we're going to get to uh, today. Uh, as I say, some of who's generally covered under just the topic of God. We talked about the Trinity and things like that a little bit. Um, some of the material that connects to this, we could, uh, you know, we could branch off into so many areas. Right? Uh, we could talk about like some of the evidences for the deity of Christ. Uh, but we've covered that in a previous class uh, a couple years ago. We, we did evidences. And so some of that material um, is on our website. So uh, if you want to, like, uh, we, we talk about uh, if Jesus wasn't the Lord, who was he? You know, even without the scriptures, you can, you can show philosophically, you can show historically, you can show through a lot of ways that, you know, that Jesus was, you know, he was not just an ordinary human. I think about. I was just thinking about this on the way here. Not even thinking about the class, but um, you know, what other person's death is celebrated worldwide and thousands of years later? Right, th those memories fade. I, I was just noticing that the, the reason it, it came to my mind was I was driving down and someone had, still had one of their blue lights on from from, you know, a little over a year ago, but I, I've noticed that there's fewer blue lights around, right, um, in, in town. Well, memories fade, right? I took mine out a couple couple months ago. It's like it was a weird LED bulb, and it kind of freaked my eyeballs out. Right? So I saw it. I was like, okay, you know, it's, a, it's been a year. Oh, it was a good time to start moving. And we do that naturally, right? We, we start to move on. Uh, and... But, but with Christ, we haven't moved on. You know, a third of the world remembered Christ. I mean, Buddhists, not so much, and uh, Muslims, not so much. But we remembered Christ uh, in, in one third of the world. So, so, so that Christ was not an ordinary person. Um, now... <clears throat> Um, having said that, Jesus is, the, the, there are a lot of theories of Jesus, even within Christianity. And, and, and we could get even more specific, and, and if, we, if we look at uh, some of the people that, some of the names that we hear within our fellowship. Some of you know the names of Alexander Campbell heard those names, or Barton Stone. These are some of the men that kind of came out of some of various denominations and started 
kind of building a foundation for what you and I consider the churches of Christ. Right? We obviously try to rattle our chain back to Christ and not, not to two men. But two men were very influential in the organization of what you and I recognize. They didn't agree on the person of Christ. They wouldn't be so decided on, even as we are on, on the identity of God. One of them thought that, both of them kind of had questions about the Trinity concept. Um, and so it, it was a it's, it's been a controversial topic the divinity of Christ and I want to look at some of the reasons now some of the, the theories are that God is one entity one essence with three components I guess we'd say or, um, and, and some of them didn't like the, I, the phrase personalities and this goes back a long time they, they pref- preferred the idea or identifying him or them as personas, kind of of one God, and they differentiated between trying trying not to make them so individual because we want to avoid polytheism, right? The Bible is clearly against polytheism. There's not three individual gods out there. Uh, the Lord our God is one God. That's the first one of the first identifiers in the Bible of God. So, so we kind of need something that reflects that. Um, there's a theory out there that God is one individual entity or persona or personality expressed differently in different times. And that's got its own problems. We're not going to go through all of these and, and look at all the problems that each one has. You know, so so he's the... Jehovah, and they they connect Jehovah to the Father, and then he's here, he's Jesus, and then after Jesus, he's kind of here through the Holy Spirit, and it's one thing. So there's a lot of problems. If you read the book of John, (laughs) there's a lot of problems. That's actually where we're going to be a lot today is in the book of John. Uh, And then some will say, well, Jesus is eternal, but he's just kind of subservient. He's less. And there's a lot of reasons that a person could come to that conclusion. We want to look at some of them. Uh, <clears throat> uh, why don't we start over here? Katie, if you want to read uh, John chapter 10, verse 30. And as we read these, try to imagine you're approaching the Bible for the first time. You're just just barely aware of anything religious, and you're reading some of these verses and, and try to understand, see, if you would have maybe some different conclusions about who God is or who Christ was from, from some of the traditional things that we believe, if you read these. Okay. I and my father are one. Okay. What would you think? <laughs> I and my father are one. Yeah, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, David, you want to read John three sixteen? No, we all know this verse, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if we had no theological background, what would you? 
What conclusions would you draw about the nature and identity of Christ? You just read, boom. You came down here and you're, you're at a football game and you saw it in the end zone and you're like, okay, John 3.16, what is that? That's a Bible verse. Okay, and you open it up. First time you read that, what would you conclude about Jesus? He's a son. What else is he? He's the only son. Savior. He's what? What is he? He's different than God. There's a adjective for what kind of a son only, but what else? He's begotten. What does that mean? What does begotten mean? What's that? Unique. Ah. Well, that would be the only, only or unique. <clears throat> to be begotten means to be conceived. It's not actually a reference to birth, it's a reference to conception. If you read that with no understanding of theology, can you see why people might go, I don't think he always existed. He's begotten. He was conceived. That means a a, a beginning point. Now, I'm not supporting that. I want you to be clear. There's context, and and these are difficult subjects, but but sometimes I think we we look at people who have held some of these and, and going back in time saying, these people were dumb. Huh? That, I mean, it, we just, this is the most popular verse, in this, and we just breeze past it like it's nothing. That, this is some complex thought. Uh, one more. Um, <clears throat> actually, no, a couple more. Uh, read. Uh, John fourteen twenty eight. Let me shut. Did you read that? John fourteen twenty eight. Really now what do we hear? What did Jesus just tell his disciples? About his relationship. There's a hierarchy. He just said my father's greater than I. He left that in no uncertain terms. Again, there's a lot of context to establish. But again, you can see how if you just read one verse, you would get some, with no background with no theology with no explanation you could get a lot different idea about some of the definitions uh, and then one more uh, just you you want to read Philippians 2 6 through 8 no okay um, Paul Philippians 2 6 through 8 <coughs> <clears throat> okay. 
who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. All right. What, what idea there do you suppose has been kind of the, the source of confrontation or discussion with regards to the identity of Jesus. One. Well, it says that he's, um, he did not consider equality with God something to be used. Used? Okay. Is that, oh, okay. That's an interesting translation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, so there's, for one, there's, every translation uses a different um, adjective or whatever that part of speech is, like, like a, different, a different reference to this word. It has so many different translations. It means to literally to grasp or so, so like, is it grasping like stealing it or is it? holding on to it, keeping it. Like, there's no... The word itself doesn't give us these specifics. It could be... It's so... You know, there's no moral implication in this word, or like robbery or whatever. Like, it, it, it's a kind of a vague word, yes. He had to do that. Yeah. He had to come down to a level. Sure. Because in the beginning, we sinned. Yeah. So, in order for him... To step in our place, he had to become human, right? And become lower even than the angels. Mm-hmm. And so, his father is greater because he is a human being now. Yeah. Yet still retaining deity, but it had to be done. Yeah. Because if he wouldn't do that, there would be no salvation for anyone. Yeah. This- we understand, you and I understand a lot of the context be, behind this, but people coming to this in hearing, and there's one word in here that really has proven to be kind of something that stumps a lot of people. That is the word emptied. And, um, and, and um, this idea that he emptied himself, does that mean he emptied himself of divinity? Was Jesus only human while he was here? Like, what does emptied mean? And it's really difficult for a lot of people to figure out exactly who Jesus was on this planet. He was Yeah. Well, right. So we're going to come back to Philippians 2. Is um, uh, let me get back there. Yeah, so, so uh, yes, he emptied himself. Um, probably that. What's that?
maybe the intent was to make sure that we knew that, oh, he didn't get a free pass because he was God. Yeah. He still suffered through all that because you could argue that, well, he was God and maybe he didn't feel pain and all that kind of stuff. But that makes what he did that much more important because he really felt all that pain and pain and suffering and everything. So he gave that up. Yeah. Those are all parts, these are all ideas that that I think are important as we establish what that means. That, that the, the reason I'm sharing the scriptures to, to illustrate that there are passages that you can see why people have gotten off the path. Not everything is easy and cut and dried as, you know, Dick and Jane, you know, see, see spot run. It, this, doctrine is really hard sometimes. And it's, um, you know, people, one person told me, you know, God has all this grace. You wonder, can he forgive a theological mistake? I certainly hope he can. Because I wonder how many of us are going to get there and stand before God and go, well, I thought this. I was fairly sure that the Bible said this. <clears throat> Uh, I hope there's grace for theological mistakes. So, um, because I've changed my mind on things myself. Well, that means I'm at least acknowledging that in the past I was wrong. Well, if I've done that, I should probably acknowledge that now it's quite possible that I'm still wrong on some things. So I want to talk about the direct statements, and, and, and look at the divinity of Christ. Let's establish some things that we can establish. Then let's handle some of those more complex thoughts, come back to some of the complex ones, and, and then we have kind of a framework. We don't have time to go through all of the material on the divinity of Christ in the scriptures. This <laughs> way, way, way too much. A person who studies should come to one concept unless they're focusing on the really difficult passages first if you focus on those ones first yeah you're going to get lost in the weeds let's focus on some of the simple things to understand Winata, you want to read um, Titus chapter 2 verse 13 Who? We're waiting for who? Savior. Our who and Savior. We, we talked about Savior, but God. And who's God? Jesus Christ. There's no ambiguity in this. There's, there's, there's really no debate. We, we can go back and figure out the difficult ones. But we are waiting for our great God and Savior. Now some, some will try to make this ambiguous by saying, we're waiting for our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's not, that's not a grammatical function. Of, of, that's not how they did that. This is, those two things are joined as one identity. Right? Lord and Savior. Uh, you can go through. You can go through all of the New Testament. You'll see this construct throughout. 
right? Uh, Lord and King. There's all these different things where they'll, they'll throw two adjectives together. And it's referencing, yeah? Verse 10 of that same chapter, he goes on and he says, they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. So it yeah. kind of yep. goes along yep. with what you're saying. Yep. This is one that I love. Um, David, you want to read Acts 20, 27, and 28. I remember just randomly reading this. I think that might have been before I was even in Bible college. I think it was emphasized in Bible college. And I dropped my, my jaw, hit the floor. I was like, what? Did I read this right? Acts 20, 27, and 28. Who bought the church with his own blood? This says, says God. The, the Holy Spirit made them overseers of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. God purchased the church with his blood. Well, the Father didn't come down. God came down and purchased the church with his blood. That is powerful. That is moving stuff. We can get into Philippians 2 and, and talk about what that means, but what it does not mean was that Jesus was not God. Whatever it was Jesus gave up, it was not his identity as God. Not even a little bit. That's not what he emptied. I want to look at a description. Yeah, so those are direct statements where you where can't get away from it. I want to look by description. Um, And throat. Bonnie, do you want to read um, Hebrews 13 and verse 8? Jesus Christ was the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay. What does that mean? It doesn't, it doesn't tell me who he is. There's no, there's no statement, but there is a description here. Okay, he's, he's been around forever, but what else has he been forever? What's that? The same. Okay, so, so James, we, we talk, when we talked about God, we used this word, the word immutable, which is a weird old word. And it just means that, you know, to put it, it didn't mean that then, but I, I like to think of it, God, he doesn't hit the mute button on himself. 
He doesn't stop being what he is and just pause and I'm this, you know. Uh, but immutable means that he can't deny himself. He can't deny his existence, his attributes. He is what he is. And James goes on to say that, that you know, uh, there's no variation. There's no shadow of turning with God. He, he does, his, his attributes are. He's not holy today and then, and then he can just like, I'm going to be not holy because it fits my purposes for the next hour to not be holy. He can't do that. Well, it gives you, you can go back to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the world was created by Him, and nothing was, that was created, was, it was all created by Him. Yep. So it gives you the, what He was, who He was, and what He did. Yep. So He's got the authority because He created it. Yeah. Genesis, obviously, let us make man in our own image. Yeah. It wasn't just God there making that decision. Sure. But this verse, Hebrews, is important because it tells us the immutability. The immutability of God, that nature, is in Christ as well, which means that Christ didn't have the ability. It, it, it's not in his nature. I, I can't stop being human, it's my nature. I can't go, you know what, I, I'm going to be something else now. I can't change that. I'm human. It's my nature. God cannot change his nature and not be God. So he can't, Jesus couldn't say, okay, I'm coming down to earth, we're going to do the plan, and I'm going to empty myself of divinity for the next 30 years, and then I'll pick it up again. He can't do that. He is the same. His identity is the same yesterday. Hey, forever. Same nature. Whatever that is, it's the same nature. And that's what those other direct statements describe for us. Different form. He added a nature. He took up a nature that he didn't have previously, but he, he can't change his nature. And that's different. Our, our kids play video games. So. And uh, now there's a code. Right? And, and your little person runs through the game and does the little things. And it's, it's really just numbers performing other numbers. And, and you can make that look like whatever you want. So, so they go on and get these little, they, they, they get these cards and they pay for cards. And I don't get that idea but to change what those numbers look like on their screen they're called a skin it's called a skin and they can get a skin that looks like a cartoon character an anime character of this character and of that character and it's still all the same ones and zeros doing the actual game it just i want to look like this today it's really all christ did if you think about it like that. The same identity came down and put on a different skin. He changed nothing about his internal nature. He did not give up any internal nature. Any, anything about his identity 
those ones and zeros, whatever they are, are the same. I hate to break it down. I, I feel wrong describing God in, in that language. I, I don't really have, my, my mind is just very limited. Um, but I want to then move to inference. There are inference. And again, there's, we could just cover so many of these. But I want to look at two because they kind of are the same inference, but they have some different references. So we'll kind of read them together and then go through them. Uh, Kathy, you want to read John eight fifty eight and 59 and Don, John five eighteen. I told you we're going to be in John a little bit today. A little bit more to go. John... John 8, 58 and 59, and then John 5, 18. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones and stoned him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Okay, and then John 5, 18. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. <clears throat> Two different events, and how does it end? Both of them end the same way. Let's, let's kill the guy, and why? One of them says why, the other one we just left to figure it out. Okay, so... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold the phone, because... The reason was he was making himself equal with God. But what did he say that made himself equal with God in their mind? Wait, I thought being a, being a son made you less. Why were these people all upset and uptight if he just said, well, I'm, I'm the son? Why didn't they say, oh, he means he's less important. He's less. That's not blasphemy. Why didn't they come to that conclusion? Why, what was it about saying, I am the son of God, made them say, he just said he's God. No, 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 no. He said he's the son of God. That's less. Oh, he's okay then. Why didn't they come to that conclusion? Son of mirrors. You know, the same love everything else that the father has. Yeah. Different culture. That's our culture. We interpret kids as less valuable. That's a Western culture thing. And maybe it has to do with inheritance law. or what, I don't know how. Remember the story that Jesus told about um, uh, the, the landowner that goes away and he, he sent some people back with a message. He sent his servants back and they killed him. And finally he sent some more and he's like, they keep on killing my, my messengers. He's talking about the prophets. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll send my son 
they will listen to him. See, in their culture, son equals father. That was their culture. So when Jewish people heard this statement and heard him say, Father, in reference to himself, they said, he's calling himself God. He's calling himself the exact representation of the Father. Right. Um, and he said, she said, by the way, it's Yeah. Uh, she said that um, it's a common Jewish term to be called the sons of God. I was just curious, like, what would you say to someone that said that to you? Oh, David said that. He said, we, he, he called himself, we are sons. We're sons of God. Yeah. But there's, there's a difference to call yourself sons generally and to call yourself the son. You start using that definite article, that's like the, like the only. Like it, it carries different weight. It's no different than, you know, if I, if I asked you to get me a something and I asked you to get me the something, right? Just a, a specific one I, I want. <laughs> So, uh, that's a true statement, but it's a misleading statement at the same time. Uh, it's not very theologically... Uh, precise. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, precise. It's, it, it's vague, uh, accurate, but very vague. So... He's, whatever Philippians 2 means, right, we go back to that idea. It does not mean that Jesus got rid of divinity. He's still God, and they still recognize, and he's still claiming it. They were looking for capital punishment. And the one in John 5 is so deep, we do not have time to go into it. There's so many things happening in that one. That goes into where he is when he's saying it and being in the temple and what language he's using and top calling himself I am and all these different things. They, they were hot when he said this. One thing that uh, the Jews were looking for, they were looking for a Messiah. They yeah. were looking for God. Right, yeah, that's true. They, they were looking for a person right. to... Right. That that's a great point because uh, we we went through this in um in uh, Wednesday night we're, we're going through uh, Isaiah and uh, Isaiah uses a word to describe Cyrus. And Cyrus is the the Hebrew word. He's called the Messiah. He's not even Jewish, right? but it just it just means an appointed person to to do something. They were looking for an appointed person. We we because of Christ because of Christ we connect the words God and Messiah as as equal, and and, and they are. 
in concept in the New Testament. Those ideas are the same. But they would, the, the word itself does not, the words themselves do not imply that. So, so that's, a, that's a really uh, good observation. So, um, so I want to talk then about the basic nature of God. John 14, I'll, I'll just kind of breeze through these because we're kind of coming up on time. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 9 and 10. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. So, so I want to first eliminate this idea that, that God is different. He's one entity and he's changed his forms. If that's the case, then, then what Jesus has just said here is, listen, don't you realize that I am in myself and myself is in me? Like, that would make no sense. If there's no separation of, like we said, you can call it personas or personalities, if there's no separation, that statement that Jesus made makes zero sense. Mark. Sorry, but also the garden makes absolutely no sense to either. Yeah, but yeah. Bring to his father. Yeah. To take away yeah. Why would he be doing that if he was... Our me who is in heaven. <laughs> Hallowed be my name. Right? My kingdom come, my will be done. Like, who is he praying to if there's no one there? Uh, I like this one. It's along the same lines. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. <laughs> Way makes no sense. <laughs> In our past, God spoke to our forefathers through his prophets many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory, an exact representation of his being. Now we're going to get really fun. Sustaining all things by his powerful word, uh, word. And after he had... Provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Say what? We have a God who's beside himself. Literally. This makes no sense. This is why it's important to take the easy verses, verses first, then let's handle the hard ones. Yeah, and who, who are you getting this from? You, <laughs> who's giving it? And who's getting it? John seventeen. I'm going to conclude here. John seventeen five, and then we'll just head back to Philippians two to kind of wrap that up. <clears throat> I was. In college, and I had come across this idea, this Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son, Jesus is the Holy Spirit, different points down. I wasn't prepared for it. I probably told you the story, but um, I, the guy was good. It's like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I know you're wrong. I just don't know how. You're good. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I don't know where to begin. This guy flipped me up one way and down. I was just like, 
I don't know. He's in Isaiah 53, and he's all over the place, and I didn't understand it. So I went up to the teacher, and I had this look on my face. It was summer. My teacher was, uh, one of our professors was doing work on the dorm. And he said uh, he was coming out in his paint clothes. And, uh, and I'm walking up, and I just, I, I'm shaking my head. I'm like, deep in thought, I'm trying to figure this out. And he's like, what's wrong, Andrew? And I said, uh, so I described to him, and he like gets this like grin. He always had this grin, like this knowing grin. And I'm like, I don't get it. What's the answer? And he's like, just read the book of John. That's all he said. He didn't say, well, you've got to go back and you've got to say this and you've got to say this. He, he just said, just read the book of John, Andrew. So I, I read the book of John. That's why we're, we're going through this. If you want to know what Jesus did, read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But if you want to know who Jesus is, read the book of John. So John chapter 17, verse 5. He says, Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And Mark, you made reference to the prayer. This makes no sense. On the, the whole chapter devoted him to him talking to himself. But beyond that, this is the key. This is the clue to Philippians. The second chapter of Philippians, we go back. Begin in verse 6, he says, he was in the very nature God. That's an easy statement. Let's stop right there. Being in the very nature God. He cannot change that. He's immutable. So whatever we're going to read from this point forward, that doesn't change. Did not consider equality with God. And then here we go. <laughs> Which word is this? Something to be held on to. Whatever that means. Robbery. Right. So, so that, if you translate it robbery, it's, it, it means he didn't consider it. Like, I'm not taking something that's not mine. Okay, that's... Okay. So, so that, that probably has a, a practical... Maybe someone's trying to, to look at it from a practical sense. So people are trying to figure this, what this means. But it just literally means something to be held onto, to be grasped. So, so there's something that he's going to give up. Something to do with equality. He's not, he can't give up his identity. We just established that. So there's something else about this equality that he's going to give up. He's going to let go of. Yes. For him to do what he did for us, he could not be in the nature of God because he is stepping in to take our guilt. And he had to be human to do that. So he had to lower himself to the point where he could say if he was true. Mm -hmm. Because we all say that he did it perfectly. Yeah. So he had to lower, otherwise he wouldn't qualify as a sacrifice. That's why nobody in heaven in Revelation could open that scroll. Yeah. Because nobody was 
that. Yeah. So we're going to actually get into next week into his humanity, which is where like your thoughts are directing there. I want to just establish one what he gave up as divinity. He's not giving up his internal nature, his essence, whatever that is. He's the the clue is in the next couple of verses, but he made himself nothing, taking the nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Skin. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. The, the last passage we read talked about glory. He says, glorify me with the glory I had with you. It's about his appearance. That's what he gave up. It, it, it's about the situation. It's about all those other things. His glory. Yes. You also think about it whenever he says he made himself nothing, taking the nature of servant. You know, God is all powerful, omniscient, all He is the ruler and creator of everything. When Jesus came here, he didn't take that role. He didn't have the role of ruling everything over everybody, manipulating everything, making everything do what it's supposed to do. He took the nature of somebody who was subservient mm-hmm. to all of those things. Right, and all of that stuff has to do with the skin, if you think about it that way. That's what was emptied out, the form, the form, but not the person. Right, right. Gave that right up. Right, he gives up the, uh, the existence but not, not the quality. So, all right, we're going to conclude there. You're dismissed. Thank you for your comments.